What's up, everybody? Welcome to the fifth episode of the Bantam Golf Podcast. Thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks for all the nice messages. I keep getting messages from people telling me they've listened, and that means the absolute world to me. You have no idea. It just encourages me to keep going and just continue to make this a thing, and it's happening, and it, and it makes me happy. I'm thrilled. I'm pumped up. I'm fired up. We're three weeks from the Masters. Things are happening in the golfing world. Um, this week, I want to sh- I want to start with some not so cool news. I was supposed to have my first guest this week. Was super amped. We were going to talk about something really really cool. And no, it was not Jim Nance. A lot of people reached out, said, "Is it Jim Nance?" I w- can't imagine, you know, coming out the kitchen fresh with Jim Nance on my very first interview ever. So no, it was not Jim Nance. But we're going to get him on here. He doesn't know it. He doesn't know this podcast exists, but he's right down the street. He's the nicest guy ever. We're going to make that happen. No, my first guest was going to be my dad, Ron Samuels. He was going to come on, and let me explain why. On Friday, he flew down to Augusta, Georgia. How southern was that? I'm sure that sounded so terrible. But he flew down to Augusta, played Augusta National Friday, spent the night there, played it on Saturday again, and then flew back. So... The plan was to have him come on some someday this week and talk about his experience, talk about the food. Why is that the first thing that popped into my head? The food. But talk about the course, the lodging, the guys he played with, you know, all that good stuff, the caddies. Uh, that would have been a super cool podcast to listen to. But he asked his host, who politely said no, uh, which is totally fine. I get it. That place is... It's a mystical, mythical place, you know? It has its secrets. The guys in the green jackets are, uh, they're they're mythical creatures to me. They really are. And I think it's the coolest thing in the world. So I'm not mad about it. I'm bummed because I, I thought that would be such cool content to, to listen to and just have him talk about that. But alas, we'll uh, we'll try to line something up with him later because he does have some great golf stories. He's an amazing man, taught me everything I know about golf, and we'll get him on at some point. We'll just come up with a different topic. Maybe we'll have him come on and talk about the Masters and who he thinks is going to win, maybe. I don't know. We'll figure something out. But that's not happening this week. Full Swing Review is coming. So that may happen this week. I have one episode to watch. There's honestly no reason to rewatch it twice, but I did it, and I did it for you. Uh, Actually, I did it because I wanted to make sure that I didn't care for it as much. I I wanted to make sure that I was being fair, and I don't want to have one of these podcasts where I just come on and and trash stuff like live. I still feel a little bit bad about that, but it was a terrible product from what I saw. So we're not going to get into that. Don't want to talk about that every podcast, but... Full swing review coming. I've made notes. I've rewatched the episode and I've made notes. So um, that way I don't forget anything or forget to mention anything. And they've already announced a season two. So that'll be interesting. Uh, second thing I want to mention today is the RNA and the USGA um, got together and decided that they need to roll back the golf ball. I think this announcement's been coming for a while. It's been teased. They've been trying to figure out how to, I guess, prevent people from people, excuse me, elite male players, I believe that's the phrase they used, from 
driving it 350 yards and then chipping it up and making birdies. Uh, I'm fine with that. And I may be in the minority here. I haven't seen a lot of takes on it just yet, and I'm sure they're coming. But, like, I don't care. I don't care as a viewer. I mean, it's entertainment, so I like seeing these guys hit the same driver that I hit, the same ball, sort of the same ball, um, as I hit, and dominating these golf courses. It's still fun for me. They still make bogeys. They still hit it in the woods and the water and everything else, as we saw at the players. So I don't really want them to change the golf ball. Like I don't, I don't need to go back in time. I don't want to go to the nineties and or eighties and hit percent, watch them hit persimmon woods. I maybe maybe they have one tournament where they do that. And that could be kind of fun to watch. I would watch the shit out of that. That'd be a blast. But I think one of the cool things about golf and, um, Titleist just posted a statement and they pretty much said the same thing is that pros and amateurs get to play with the same equipment and they get to play the same courses. And that separates golf from every other sport. I had a conversation with one of my buddies that plays tennis today. And I don't know why I asked him this because I don't even think this announcement was, or I had read the announcement yet, but we were talking about tennis and I I know nothing about tennis. So this may be super naive, but I asked him, I was like, dude, can you go play like, you know, Wimbledon or like one of these, you know, big deal tennis courts. And he was like, no, absolutely not. Like how in the world would I get on to do that? Unless, you know, a pro or somebody invited me. And that's a fair point. I had honestly never thought about that before. I mean, I know I can't go down to Nissan stadium and, and play football there when I want to, but I can book a tea time at TPC Sawgrass for a thousand dollars. What the fuck? Um, and go play that course and play 17, you know, I can do that all day long. So I, I, I just think the fact that we can play the same equipment, same balls, same courses as the pros, I just think it makes golf different enough to, that that's special. I really do. So I'm, I'm waiting to see more details that come out on this bifurcation. Hopefully I said that word right. I, when I look at it, I don't know what I think it sounds like, but I think it sounds like bifurcation. Hopefully that's right. Um, but I think we're, yeah, we're waiting on more details. They say they're going to probably implement it in 2026. So we have a little bit of time, not going to affect the, uh, the amateur golfer at all. Like we need all the help we can get. Let's be honest. Uh, I hit the ball, what, like 220, maybe, maybe 225 if I've been lifting that week. Um, so anyway, that's that. More details to come. And let's move on to the players recap. My God, man. <sighs> I just, I need to breathe for a second. First off, shout out to Scotty Scheffler. That was my pick. I, I just, I knew it. Sometimes you just know, you know, it's like, I got a feeling. And I, the week before I felt Rory, week before that, I can't remember who my pick was. Oh, Shane Lowry. Both those dudes were in the mix, but Scotty brought it home. I knew I was close. And look, man, I know it's not fun to bet on favorites, right? And people are like, oh, I don't want to bet on a favorite. But if the favorite wins, why would you not want to bet on the favorite? Because you're just making money. So hopefully some people tailed me and got on Scheffler last week with me. 
uh, that was it was fun to watch and not have a massive sweat on Sunday. Minwoo Lee was playing his ass off, so I almost hedged my bet with him and decided not to. And thank God because he just kind of threw up on himself on Sunday, which. Uh, that course, man. Again, don't want to go into the specifics of that place, but it's just a it's a nightmare. And I think a lot of those guys will have nightmares. I'm sure for weeks after playing there. Um, we were close though on a few other ones. I felt really great on Friday with my Buckley pick. I, I don't know if you saw my story on Instagram, but I was something along along the lines of all aboard the Buckley train. That was right after his ace on 17, and things went downhill about an hour later. I didn't check the scores, but oh no, I did. It, like I guess it may have been an hour and a half later. I was looking at my DraftKings lineups, and I was like, what happened? Because I, I was winning a lot of money, and then all of a sudden I wasn't, and I looked at Buckley, and he was like, I think he finished at plus one. He got to minus five with an ace on 17, ended the day at plus one, and didn't make the cut. So Hayden Buckley, WTF, bro. You're done. I'm done with you. No more lineups. No more betting on you. That's two weeks in a row, man. And I almost looked so smart. And I had a couple other ones too. Vincent, who was in the mix. Oh my God. I had him to top 10. Felt like a genius. Got some texts from people being like, holy shit, how did you know? Again, felt like a genius. Uh, I had an Aaron Rye top five. He shit the bed uh, on Sunday. And my boy Tommy. Fairway Jesus. Why you got to do this to me, bro? I had him to top five. Had a couple other outrights on Hovland, Hatton. I, I felt pretty good. I'm not mad about it. Didn't lose any money because I had Scheffler. But... uh that that tournament's just hard. So I think if you're betting, and and I said last week I went ham, and I probably shouldn't have. Ended up on the up and up on my DFS on my betting, and I actually to pat myself on the back, I won a I won a pool for the first time ever, and that was cool as shit because I was sweating that because he had him, and that dude was like on a birdie spree to start the back, and then he kind of trailed off and got some bogeys, and I ended up winning, so that was cool, but. Players, I'm not going to grade myself there. I think I did a great job with my picks. It could have gone a million million ways. I mean, Hatton almost made a charge. I had an outright on Hatton. That would have been totally cool. So let's move on to the Valspar Championship. (sighs) Take another deep breath because these elevated events, I feel like they're so hyped. There's so much money on the line. It's all the best golfers. And then in, it's the Valve Spar Championship. You know, it just it's like it's just the Valve Spar Championship. No one really knows a ton about this course besides the Snake Pit. Um, I can tell you, I, I tried to do some research today. I tried to like go hole by hole, and I, I don't know why. Like, what? Do, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, the first hole is a 444-yard par 5, the dog legs to the right, because that doesn't really mean shit when we're talking about picking players to win and players for your DFS lineup. But I did get some details, and I'm going to share them with you. It was built by Larry Packard. I don't know anything about Larry Packard. Maybe I should do a little bit more research on that, but I don't. But it was built by him, so enjoy that fact. Par 71, 
7,340 yards, water on half of the holes, um, and there's a hell of a lot of dog legs. So my boy Larry Packard loved dog legs. I feel like every hole that I was sort of like looking at or trying to follow was a dog leg right, a dog leg left, a dog leg right. And what does that mean? What does that mean for players that we're looking at? What does that mean for this week? And I will tell you. Um, I think when you're looking at players to pick this week, I think one of the most important stats you can look, look at is accuracy off the tee. So this is not a bomb and gouge type of course. Like you can't go up there, rip it 325 yards or whatever, and not care where it goes, right? With all these dog legs, you just kind of have to keep it in play down the middle of the fairway, and then you're probably looking at somewhere between like a 175 and 200-yard approach shot on a lot of these holes because you can't hit it as far as you want to. I mean, maybe you can. I don't know. Every year something changes back to technology, so who knows how they're going to attack it this week. But the smart thing to do is just keep it in play off the tee and then hit your approach shot up there and try to put it in. So the things that I mainly looked at and when I'm when I'm doing research, and I don't know if this is helpful at all, but I always I kind of start with, okay, who plays this course well year to year, right? You can look at four or five years back, you know, who are the guys that you know horses for courses type deal? Who plays th- these courses well? Then I look at who's playing well now. Then I look at sort of the layout of the course and try to figure out strategy wise what what makes the most sense, and that's why. Accuracy off the tee, approach, and then I think the third on my list was scrambling. So look at those three things, who excels in those three things, who's hot right now, and can do all those things. And so let's get to the picks. Um, First off, I want to say, first off, I've been talking for like 15 minutes. Uh, Spieth and JT are the favorites here. They're both plus 1,200. Skipping them... Either one of them could win, but back to that favorites conversation, betting on favorites is actually not fun. I do agree with that. I just don't have a good feeling about anybody this week. Like last couple weeks, and I even said it, I felt like I had a a gambler's feeling like, hey, these dudes are going to play these courses well, and by God, they're going to win. I don't have a feeling. There's no feel this week. So I'm staying away from Spieth and JT at plus 1,200. I think totally fine if you want to bet on them, throw some money on them. That's cool if you're a big fan. I mean, JT's won it before, I believe. Um, But anyway, so I'm skipping them and moving right along to another deep breath. Something I said I wouldn't do after last week because my, my heart hurt. I did. I felt hurt by this man, and I feel hurt by him often. But I just, again, I cannot quit him. And that's Tommy Fleetwood. So he's one of my outrights at plus 2200. He is striping the ball so well. He went and got a lesson with Butch Harmon a couple weeks ago and Harmon helped him with a few things and it's showing. I mean, he played great last week, except for Sunday. He played great the previous weeks that he played, I think he did. Didn't he win an event on DP World Tour at the beginning of the year, maybe or end of last year? I think he did. But I'm gonna have a little outright money on him. 
at plus 2200. Love him this week. And if you've been following me on Instagram, you're probably going to say, oh, you love him every week. And you're not wrong. He's one of my guys. He's going to win. And I want to be at the forefront of that, you know, because he's going to get his PGA Tour win. I can promise you that. And it's coming sooner than later. So I'm back on the Fleetwood train this week. Adam Hadwin is another hot name. He uh, He's playing really well right now, plays this course well. Uh, he has all the accoutrements. That's not really what I wanted to say, but he has all the the mojo that fits this course, and he's a popular name. I've heard a couple podcasters say that that was the guy they were jumping on this week. So he's plus 2,500. Another guy that I really, really like this week for – outrights and DFS purposes is Wyndham Clark. Love him. Going to put a little bit of cash on him on an outright. And that just basically means to win. Um, Not going to try to beat that into your head, but some people don't gamble. So I will say that for the next few episodes when we're talking about gambling. Uh, Justin Suh, which is a fun name to say as well. That dude's playing awesome. He's going to get his win sooner or later. He's plus 3,500. And the other guy that I really love. So that's four. That's four outrights that I'm going to put money on. The fifth one is Brandon Wu. Love him this week. He's another one of those guys. He's plus 5,000. He's going to get his win sooner or later. He's just playing too well. Him and his brother Dylan. And Dylan is, what is he? He's plus 10,000. Not going to put any money on him to win, but he will be in a bunch of my DFS lineups this week. The other bets that I'm making are top fives. Ben Griffin played great last week. For him to top five, it's plus 1,000. Um, love him in DFS as well. Victor Perez, another top five, plus 1,200. Um, he has a lot of success on the European tour. Somebody I've been watching for a while. His game fits this course beautifully. I think I saw, I used Stochastic, um, which used to be awesome oh, for my, um, what do you call it, projections on DFS. So shout out Stochastic, awesome oh, you guys are great. Um, I don't know, hook me up with something maybe. Is that how this works? Can I can can we collab? Is that a thing? Anyway, I need to take a sip of my Michelob Ultra. Speaking of, one second. All right, we're back. I'll probably edit that out, but my throat is getting super dry because I've been talking for 20 minutes. That's insane. But um, where were we? Okay, so Victor Perez plus 1200 to top five. And then I can't remember his first name. It's Gerard. Richard Ryan Gerard, maybe I think that's right. He's plus twenty two hundred. I like him to top five this week. I think that's a, those are all halfway decent bets for top fives. For top tens, I like Gerard. I'm going to put him in the mix too. I think he's plus one thousand to top ten, so I like him to top five again. That's Ryan. It's Ryan Gerard to top five and top ten. Top ten. Top ten. Um, the other guy is the rookie Aberg. He's kind of a hot name right now. I think it's like, I legitimately think it's Ludwig. Ludwig Aberg or Aborg. Like him this week a lot. He's plus 850 to top 10. And the final name, who I absolutely love this week, I'm too scared to put an outright on him, but I'm going to stick with the top 10, is Akshay Bacha. And that's the young man. I think he's like 19, 20 years old, uh, lefty. I posted a video of him a couple weeks ago, but I really, really like him to top 10. Almost like him to top five this week, but I'm not 
I'm not getting too crazy like I got last week because I like to make money. I don't like to lose money like most people. So those are my top tens. Oh, side note on him, by the way, this is kind of cool. Like three years ago, he reached out to me and wanted a hat. So I sent him like a whole box of gear and uh, I think he got it. Said he would do a post. He didn't. That's totally okay. I forgive you, but still pretty cool that he reached out and wanted some gear. So that's it for my Valspar championship picks. Not the most exciting tournament in the world. Oh, I do want to mention a couple things. I just remembered. I'm looking at my notes. A couple guys that I'm not going to touch this week are Fitzy. Don't love him. He's had some sort of neck issue. I Occasionally I'll watch him like the last couple weeks and I'm like, okay, I should have... I sh- I should have put him in my lineups, should have put some money on him. But then, you know, he just doesn't look like himself. Sam Burns won this two years in a row. Ah, it pains me to say because there were some good moments with him last week, but I'm I'm not going to touch him either. Um, not touch him, not put any money on him. That's what I meant to say. That came out super weird. But uh, some names that I do like for DFS, if you play DFS, Eric Cole, Shank, can't remember his first name, Adam maybe, Mark Hubbard, Denny McCarthy, I already mentioned Ben Griffin, Griffin, uh, Dylan Wu, who else? And the last guy that is super interesting to me is Maverick McNeely. He's been hurt dealing with some stuff, but this course fits him really, really well. So I'm interested to see if he's going to come out and post some low scores and maybe be in the mix. But with his injuries the last uh I think he's got he's been injured for like six months maybe I may have just made that up but within his injuries I'm not going to put any money on him but I am going to be paying really close attention because I think he's a baller and could ball out because this course fits all the things that he does well so those are my picks for the Valspar little DFS a little uh you know little gambling stuff in there and That's really it. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye.